This podcast is sponsored by Aurora Packaging Solutions, a global packaging solutions provider leading the transition to a more sustainably packaged future. They specialize in developing packaging and visual communication solutions that reduce the impact on the environment and bring sustainability goals to life. With a focus on partnership and service, they create a custom solution for your business. To learn more, please visit www.ororapackaging.com. Welcome to Sustainable Packaging with Corey Connors. Today's guest is a return guest, which is very exciting to me. I, I haven't been able to say that very often. Mr. Ian Montgomery, the founder of Guacamole Airplane. How are you, Ian? I'm great, Corey. Thanks so much for having me. How are you doing? Really good to have you again. And I'm just a big fan of your company and what you do personally. So let's talk about it, man. Let's let's get back into it. Can you give us a refresher on your background and what Guacamole Airplane is all about? Absolutely. So Guacamole Airplane is a design agency focused on sustainable packaging. We're not a full service design studio that does branding and web. We're sort of nichely focused on structural packaging design, forms, dye lines, CADs, molded cartons, whatever that may be, mm. and sustainability considerations that go into that. So that comes up in our process in terms of you know, material selection, supply chain setup. Will you do life cycle assessments when we're able to compare you know, a company's existing packaging to a proposed redesign and that sort of thing. LCAs have their issues. They're really tough when we get into some of the material innovation that might be coming out there with seaweeds or PHAs or mushroom right. phones. I don't have good data sets of those at economies of scale yet, but their LCAs are great for, you know, those paper to plastic calculations and that sort of thing. Often surprise us. We often find that plastic yeah. is it's generally has a much lower carbon footprint than, than many of these plastic options. And that's certainly something to reckon with as we, as we set our priorities are we really trying to design something that's low carbon or plastic free and you know we never want to fully switch out a plastic system with paper if it's going to lead to a radically higher carbon footprint so you know try to try to minimize carbon in 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 everything we're designing for and we were just having some conversations offline about a few a few options that you know where paper really does do that with some of their space saving efficiencies and that sort of thing so those are the the materials we get excited about I agree 100%. It's it's an exciting time, but we need to be cautious. We need to not make knee-jerk reactions and not jump too fast. If plastic can be more sustainable, then we should stay with it and, and work to make sure it gets reused or recycled. But absolutely important. You know, I was listening to our, our episode we recorded last time, and I never asked you the question that I think everyone wants to know is where did you get the name guacamole airplane <laughs> <laughs> always a question yeah no it uh, comes from an old ed Ruscha painting of guacamole airlines was the painting but it's sort of abstract and, and like the image of something organic something like guacamole creating something functional modern and sleek like an airplane felt that was a good metaphor for the work we're trying to do where we're trying to take new materials something things that might be you know bio-based or low carbon or compostable, whatever they may be, mm-hmm. and really sort of work with those materials to create functional packaging, functional objects. And we're living That's in this cool. amazing time of material innovation where so many, there's so much investment in material innovation and, and new materials are, are coming online monthly. And it's just such an exciting time to be a designer in packaging. It almost feels like that 
era in the 50s and 60s, a post-war era where all those designers were getting to work with new kind of post-World War II materials, new plastics, new fiberglasses, whatever they may be. And those were informing furniture and home goods. And it, it feels like a similar revolution is, is taking place. And the name kind of feeds into that. Name is also a good litmus test for clients if they're open to working with studios, such a weird name. They're generally <laughs> challenging design. <laughs> <laughs> they're open to unique adventures and i think that's why you and i get along so well this is exactly uh what we're trying to do here is is change the world for the better and try new things and you know we're going to fail and we're going to learn and we're going to totally exhaust certain new materials until they just don't they just can't work and that's okay yeah, uh, yeah. But, but excited to see what happens way. yeah Absolutely. Yeah. Let's talk about why is sustainability so critical to our future? I've, I've get, gotten asked that several times, and I, I'd love to hear from your your point of view. I think if our children or grandchildren are having this conversation in 50 years, they're going to be radically affected by a changing climate and ensuing changing weather patterns. And that's kind of based on carbon and methane. And, and that really has to be a priority of anyone who's designing pretty much anything in in the modern age is, is thinking about their little sort of niche of work, what they can do to decarbonize that place, you know, and, and in our work, we, we think the plastic issue is, is concerning too, and in terms of toxicity and just terms of, you know, the ethics of, of, of where it ends up in the ocean and waterways. We think that carbon is, is a bigger concern and, and, you know, face between the two, we, we try to focus on carbon, but, you know, I, I think we live in an age where the definition of, of a good product or a good design has to include sustainability that has to be up there with, you know, making sure it has a long life, it functions well, it can be manufactured well, and that sort of thing. It's, it's really sustainability has really made its way into every facet of design and, and every facet of modern life. Yes, absolutely. That's it. Well said, man. Wow. Really right on. And is there a project recently that you can tell us about that maybe started with something less sustainable and you and your team were able to get it into a more sustainable solution that was pretty exciting? Yeah, absolutely. Oh gosh, there's so many. One we can talk about is working with a furniture company called Lawn, L-A-U-N in Los Angeles. And they were previously packaging, they make beautiful furniture and they also do architecture and interiors. It's a great line of furniture that's kind of low volume and produced locally in Los Angeles. And it's always a challenge. And I imagine you feel it too, with sort of low volume applications where you can't really go to a lot of these suppliers and just get hundred units at a time or something like that. <laughs> they need a couple commas in their minimum order before they'll talk to right. you. Right. It's a challenging one. You're like, okay, what can we do that can effectively package this furniture? It's got to have, it can't be scuffed. So you need some sort of wrap and it can't be dented. So you need some sort of cushioning and dunnage and people are paying a, a good amount for this furniture. So you want, you know, a nice unboxing experience and that sort of thing. And we worked as a supplier we'd never worked with before. They're based in South Africa. They're called Zanita, X-A-N-I-T-A. And they make this really cool, basically like a sandwiched layer of beef loot that all come together, sort of much stronger than the traditional like hex or honeycomb board. And mm. it allowed us to sort of take the language of a wooden crate and recreate that with the Zanita board and just have simple inserts inside and 
It was so cool because you're basically looking at a cardboard box, but it's something you can, in our you know, prototype reviews with them, we're jumping on it and standing on it. And it's, <laughs> yeah. oh, great. And the challenge with that is just setting up the supply chain for it because you, again, you can't go to a traditional corrugate manufacturer. So we ended up using just sign shops that were equipped locally with, with printing and oh, wow. CAD software and, and plotters and die cutters to be able to cut it all out. So that, that was a fun one. And another fun one that we can talk about too is, about probably since we last spoke, for whatever reason, our our it might be our supplier guy that we can speak to in a minute, but our work has maybe about a third or a half of our projects aren't always working just with consumer brands, but they're working with forward-looking packaging manufacturers who would like to bring an outside perspective on design into their product development. Wow. And recently worked with Sway, which is a really great seaweed-based biomaterials company here in the Bay Area. Yeah. And their, their films are just wonderful. They're these, you know, based on seaweed films and they can actually add, you know, speckles of farmed kelp into them for a bit of texture. <laughs> However much kelp the client is open to it, you can add enough that it actually starts smelling like the sea, which certain clients. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> I, anyway. I got to interview their CEO. She's amazing. Oh, yeah. Julie. Great. Yeah. yeah. So it was just by the studio last month and we did brilliant. It. Well, open yeah. prototyping yeah. sessions where she's like, we've got these films and we could really use help giving them form and life and function. And uh, yeah, we're able to just prototype all sorts of really cool structural concepts with the seaweed from like what you'd imagine a pasta box with a die cut window of plastic, replacing that window with seaweed to bags with seaweed handles and cinch closures and even designing tear strips into the seaweed so it could zip open and that, wow. that sort of so so fun and and so exciting to see how these materials can I don't listen to the materials see what they want to do and and see see what they'll end up looking like as they make their way out into the world like you said before it's a, it's an exciting time and it's kind of an honor and a privilege to get to to work with these materials as some of the first innovators in in the world of packaging really your tiktok is a sort of a great window into that world <laughs> thank you I feel like every time I see it, I'm like, oh, that's cool. That's cool. And it's, yeah, you're, 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 anyone listening, I, I recommend Corey's. Thank you so much. I, I often get people sending me samples of new ideas and concepts, and I'm honored to be part of that tip of the spear, if you will, and saying, hey, there's new ideas here. There's new things we can do that will be better. And I think that leads us right into your world famous supplier guide. Can you speak to that a little bit and tell us what's going on with that? Absolutely. Probably a, a similar impetus to the, the TikTok account you created. We wanted, we we're getting a ton of inquiries, you know, years ago, four or five years ago, when we set up the business of people just, they didn't necessarily need a full design consult, but they were just asking for advice about what material can I use here? Is, is there a sort of simple thing there? And we realized there was a real need for, for knowledge and, and perspective in that space. And at the time we were keeping an internal database of all the packaging suppliers that we could use for projects and across everything from poly bags and films to cushioning to different corrugated suppliers and that sort of thing. And we published a free open source guide online broken down by packaging function that's got, I think it's up to like 150 or even more packaging suppliers on there that are just best in class and goes through the sustainability considerations of each, has nice photography if there's any relevant certification. And yeah, it's just really 
been this wonderful thing that's had an impact beyond our our kind of traditional studio work that we get emails from people. Oh, this helped me, you know, find some packaging for almonds or a healthcare right, <laughs> whatever it is. And it's been great to share. And you know, similarly to what you were just saying, it's it's also served as a bit of a, a light post or a beacon where now organizations are sort of sending us samples of materials they have in development and hoping it can get on the guide and yeah it's just become a nice a nice thing online and and super excited to have aurora your company featured on there with yeah. some of the just great offerings just starting with the you know the 100 recycled corrugated boxes the enviro craft the scotch yeah. cushion block and some of the really interesting work with using pet bottles to create fabrics that could be digitally printed and 100 recycled bottles so yeah there's great stuff on there and and so excited to to get Aurora on there. I was thrilled when you and, and Justine and Chris Bradley, and we all connected about these new innovations that we have coming out and have in process now, because it's it's fun to share the good things that we're doing. We are one of the leaders in the world of sustainable packaging. And I, like you said, like it's an honor, you know, it's like, we just want to be a part of the solution. We talked about this a Scotch cushion lock material. One truckload of this material is equal to 10 truckloads of standard plastic bubble. If nothing else, think of nine fewer truckloads on the road. That like times times how many and save your space in the warehouse. And it's made from 100% recycled paper to begin with. So you're not harvesting trees to make this. It's it's exciting. It really is. And then you think about the carbon Im- carbon implications of how small those little units are. And yeah. they really add up to move towards solutions that, you know, paper might have a little bit more of a carbon footprint than plastic. But if you have those carbon savings in shipping, okay, suddenly you have something that, that really is better in terms of right. carbon, in terms of recyclability, and in terms of materials and sourcing and toxicity. And those are those are just such great solutions. And that's so, so cool that that's being pushed out publicly through Landsberg Aurora. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm really excited about it. I've been working on this for this one for a long time (laughs) and uh, it, you know, it feels, (laughs) it feels good to get it actually out into the hands of, of customers and, and people that are going to, to present it to their clients, you know, wrapped around the, the items that they've so carefully created. So it's fun to be a part of the solution. What else do you want to talk about? Anything else that I, I didn't ask about or anything that you wanted to mention? Oh gosh, good question. If anyone wants to get in touch with us, we got tons of exciting stuff going on and then looking forward to the year ahead. We really like to sort of work with organizations as an addition to their, you know, in-house structural packaging team, or if they don't have an in-house packaging team, serve as their in-house structural packaging team. We're super collaborative, set up our process. So we've can work with the in-house graphic designers at any organization, even with these kind of new wild materials, providing mocks and CADs and create a collaborative process. So I guess the other call is any, any manufacturers out there, we've really enjoyed this shift in our business the last year where we're partnering with manufacturers, working on new materials, new packaging, new methods, and very open to those types of collaborations as well. It sounds like you've, you've become one of the leaders in testing and trying out new materials to see if they'll actually work in new ways. Absolutely. There's so much out there. Like you, there's hundreds, if not thousands of, of innovative polymers and materials. But what you're saying is like we find in our projects, an example would be a 
a men's grooming company we're working with now have a really kind of evolved and mature supply chain. So there's of those hundreds or thousands of materials, there's really only a few that can serve as drop-in solutions to what they're looking for. And, right. and as we like approach scale with, with what we're designing on, we really need, need to have that eye for, for what materials can not require an entire investment in infrastructure and, and retooling and, that's all to say, you know, totally wacky new materials don't have their place. They, you know, we find that some of the newer materials that might not function through a plastic extrusion line or blown film or anything like that can still be cool for LTO, limited time offer, short run concepts and that sort of thing. Yeah. And that's a step pushing them towards larger scale. But yeah, I know it's that, that I'm sure you, you find it too. It's when you get down to brass tacks and actually have to produce things at scale, there's a, the list of, of material innovation sort of sorts itself out and the right answer presents it. <laughs> Very true. Well said. It's an important concept to think about. Yes, this material may work, but we need to make sure that it can be manufactured at, at a large enough volume to accommodate somebody who's in, interested in it. I know I just met with Unilever Prestige Brands over in Paris when I was there at Paris Packaging Week. And that's one of the issues they have is, well, this material is great, but we need 100 million of them. <laughs> They're not ready for that yet. So we're working with them to scale up. And that's, these are good. That's a good issue, I think, because they've, they've found a solution that works. They just need to figure out how to make it, make enough of them. So that's, that's kind of a, an exciting part of this process. Oh my gosh, absolutely. Well, thank you, sir. It's been an honor to see you again and talk to you again. I always enjoy our talks. Will you, any chance you're going to West Westpac here coming up soon? No, I'm afraid I'll miss that one, but uh, we'll, we'll cross paths soon. All right, sounds good. Thank you, Landsberg Aurora, for sponsoring this. If you're listening, make sure you subscribe so you don't miss the next episode. And thanks again, Ian. Really appreciate it. Thank you, Corey. This episode is sponsored by Specrite, the first purpose-built platform for specification management. So much has changed when it comes to packaging, and there's a new book to help you stay ahead of the curve, The Evolution of Products and Packaging, written by longtime packaging executive, Mr. Matthew Wright, helps you unpack industry trends and explains how you can use data to drive packaging innovation and sustainability. Download your free copy today at specright.com backslash book. That's S-P-E-C-R-I-G-H-T dot com backslash book.